Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, <laughs> hello, dear listeners of the mm-hmm. Mad Scientist Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my wonderful co-host, Marie Mayhew. Marie, how you doing? I am doing really good, man. What's going on? What's the story? What's the haps? Nothing much. You know, we All have right. a couple of big announcements this episode. We're just going to jump right into them. First off, we are on uh, Conflict Radio Official, their YouTube channel now. If you would like to listen to the podcast through YouTube, um, or if you have Ooh. someone that likes, you know, might like the content but doesn't really use podcast apps or listens on YouTube, you can go check it out. Uh, gotten some really great feedback from the YouTube comment sections. Got one here I'm going to read. Uh, Jake, you're going to have to bleep this out a little bit. It says, blah, 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 blah. Shut the f- up already. Please. <laughs> Please just do the show and stop all the plugging fat boy. It is, it is my favorite comment I have ever gotten on anything I've ever done. Can we? I think that's going on a button or a sticker or something, man. Stop the plugging fat boy. Stop the plugging fat boy. It's so good. It just cuts to the core, Marie. I love it. <laughs> Anyways, you know, like, dear listeners. Yeah. You know what? And you know what? More power to you. You don't like what we're saying. You think I say um too much. I love that stuff. How did I kind of do because it's like, I feel like that is, that's, I read it and I'm just like, I kind of crack up. It's, it's like, I love that stuff. How did he know I was fat? I don't <laughs> Anyways, today's episode, we're talking about marijuana myths part two. Is there any other, was really quick before we go too far down the rabbit hole, was there any other, uh, any other announcements besides people hating, hating up on us? We do, we do have some, uh, we do have some really cool stuff. So this episode, actually, we just wanted to give a quick plug and shout out to one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, the Breaking Math Podcast. It's run by a bunch of really, really smart folks. Uh, they are trained mathematicians and computer scientists, and you know they just talk about such fascinating topics in a way that I think really brings mathematics to uh, to people that may not like it already, right? So if you liked math in some ways in school, but or are fascinated by mathematics and how it applies to you know the world and physics and computers and everything else, but didn't really you know, uh, didn't really have a good experience with math in school. I think the Breaking Math podcast is going to be for you. It is phenomenal. One of my favorites. Go check it out. That's breakingmathpodcast.com. Um, you can also just check them out on all of your all your listening devices. Nice plug, fat boy. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Marie. Anyways, we're <laughs> so roll the thing. I can't even do it right anymore. Roll the thing, Jake. Oh 
my goodness. Anyways, all right. So today's episode, it is uh, today's episode is marijuana myths part two. So we talked, we talked earlier in the previous episode about about you know kind of the my history dad getting high. Right. We did talk about Marie's dad getting high a little bit. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about kind of the history of marijuana. You know, it's kind of the the background on how you know how it's been kind of marketed as this terrible, terrifying thing to parents. And, you know, it's going to turn your kids into sex crazed fiends and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And reaper madness, right? Reaper madness and all of that. Ah. But, um, but on the same time, the kind of the scales have really, the scales have really shifted significantly in recent and really in recent years. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, really the, I would say when I was a kid, you know, it, it was when I was a kid, it was still super taboo, right? Oh my God. Yeah. And actually yeah. you can, you can look here. This is from uh, Pew research. This is public polling on marijuana. So uh, the first one here is um, should marijuana. So the question was, do you think the use of marijuana should be made legal or not in percentage in 1969, 84% said it should be illegal. 12% said it should be uh, legal. And that has basically in the eighties around right around 1980, there was actually quite a shift. It was from, so it went from 84 and 69 to 66 that said it should be illegal in 1980. So quite some, something of a big swing. And then in the middle of the eighties, towards the 1990s, we had the drug war. We had, you know, this is your brain on drugs, all that stuff. Just say no. Right. Just say no. And it jumped back up to 81% in 1990 on it should be illegal. But we then, since that time, have seen it uh, almost linearly decreasing. So it was 81% for it being illegal in 1990. Today, or in 2017, I should say, uh, the, the amount of people who thought it should be illegal was 37%. So there is more widespread support for the legalization of marijuana than almost any other thing in American political life. It's, it's quite amazing. Yeah, and well, that is also because if every single state was to legalize it and tax it as a regular, you know, fully legal taxed in all 50 states, guess how much federal tax revenue they'd be generating between like a six year span, a five, five, six year span. I mean, I, I, I would, I would wager in the hundreds, the hundreds of billions. A hundred and thirty-one point eight billion dollars. Yep, that, I mean that makes total revenue. sense. Now in taxed revenue. I mean, that's that's no chump change. I don't no. care where you're from. There's also there's also a significant there's also a significant difference though. Again, this is from Pew Research in the uh, kind of the partisan gap, I guess, is what they're calling it here in whether or not it should be legal or illegal. So uh, more men uh, think it should be legal than women. 64% of men to 57% of women. Mm -hmm. Um, The, in terms of the demographics, like the racial demographics, it's actually quite interesting. 62% of uh, white respondents said it should be legal. 71% of black respondents said it should be legal. Only 52% of Hispanic um, uh, respondents said it should be Hmm. uh, legal, legalized. I think, honestly, I think that has something to do with Honestly, I mean, I, I at least I at least have seen this in my own life uh, through friends and stuff that the, the Hispanic community actually tends to be 
I mean, it depends, of course, like with any community, but um, tends to be more religious, more conservative um, in that sense. More, I guess traditional is more the right word. Um, then if we look mm -hmm. at if you have a high school degree or less, 54% uh, think it should be legalized. Some college, 65%, and a college graduate plus 65%. So uh, again, kind of the, the higher level education, the more likely you are to think that it should be legalized. But that swing isn't really... You know, it's not a huge swing. It's a 10 point swing. And then in terms of your in terms of your. Political leanings, if you are a Republican, 43 percent say it should be legal. Uh, Democrat, 69 percent. Independent, 65 percent. So, you know, ag hmm. again, it does seem to skew with kind of more uh, conservative religious, say, upbringing. And then actually, if you look at if you look at uh, religious upbringing or how people, I guess, what 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 category people would put themselves in. Um, white evangelical Protestants said 38% uh, say it should be legal. Um, white mainline Protestants, 64% say it should be legal. Catholic, 52% say it should be legal. And wow. unaffiliated, 78% of unaffiliated Americans think it hey. should be legal. So it, it's kind of... Catholic I mean, is a pretty even split. That's pretty amazing. 52%. You know, it's it's yeah, interesting, yeah. actually. I And that, to me, is, is very... Is very interesting because growing up Catholic, right? I mean, you drink wine at mass, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's you know, it's yeah. the blood of Christ. That doesn't count. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there is there are chapters in the Bible that discuss the use of of hemp, and you know, specifically there's a there's a chapter in Genesis. Actually, I was listening to a I was listening to a podcast that was suggested to us, I think, by one of the hosts on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> just pulling up the name here. It, it's the show is called Doc and the Deacon. It's a relatively new show, and uh, on on that show there is a uh, a deacon, right? And mm -hmm. uh, he was saying something very interesting that actually I had heard I had heard before, which was that actually in the Bible there's a there's a section in Genesis where God uh, basically it says that God created all the plants of the earth and they were good, mm -hmm. right? Lo unto you, go unto the. Marijuana. Well, no, but I mean, you know, it is a natural, yeah. it is a, uh, you know, I mean, I hate that word natural when it comes to things like this medicinal and whatever, but you know, it is a, it is a plant. We have not really, I mean, you know, it's, it is a plant, right? And I mean, of course the argument, yeah. the counter argument to that, of course, is, you know, <laughs> like so is opium. Yeah. You know, right? so is opium. So is any other host of poisons that are terrible for you. It doesn't mean that you should take them in. It Ooh. just, just because, you know, they were made naturally, let's say, it does not necessarily mean they aren't dangerous for you, right? Yeah, I mean, grizzly bears even, are natural. Like Even beyond grizzly bears are natural. It's true. You don't see I me mean. smoking it. You don't <laughs> see me smoking a grizzly. Um, but even beyond it being natural or being religious affiliated or political affiliated, there's a lot of money backing marijuana. And the legalization of marijuana. Well, I mean, the, that's just, that's why I think it is a simple inevitability at some point. Is see, you've got so much revenue that could come out of that. You've got, again, like the jobs, the jobs alone from legalizing uh, cannabis worldwide would, would increase. You know, I'm looking at a number here that says, again, the same study that, that quotes what the uh, tax revenue would be, 782000 thousand additional jobs see but i would i would actually like to push back on that a little bit so for, for, uh, first off uh, let's oh. let's let's start off by talking about i guess what are the big myths that we've all heard about so first off for this for this episode i 
listened to a lot of podcasts that by their title or their cover art, I thought would be very, um, basically would tell me that natural oils could cure all my illnesses. Okay. I guess okay. is, is, a, is a way to describe mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also watched a lot of YouTube videos. I, uh, tried watching some documentaries on Netflix that I found to be, I'm not even going to say their name, but I found them to be very boring. Um, mm. and then I also tried to find, I tried to look at real scientific research and find some really good stuff. And actually there are some really wonderful podcasts out there on this topic that I just wanted to kind of name drop really quick. Um, I mean name drop. I'm it's the Harvard Chan Harvard T Chan school of public health podcast. It's not <laughs> like they need a, it's, they don't need a name, name drop, drop from us, but uh, they have, they have to, to feel the mad scientist bump their heart. You, You're welcome. They, they have a wonderful, uh, the forum podcast in particular is, is a really great podcast. If you are into questions of public health and they had a really good episode ah. on, uh, on the latest findings on uh, marijuana, for medicine, for legalization efforts and all Good. that stuff. They talked to, um, they talked to someone from Colorado specifically in the, in the area of public health, talking about what, what were their challenges? And then also about some of the myths or some of the ideas that were out there now. So I would say, I mean, let's, I guess let's and name that's off. Good. I'm glad you did all that research. How I went about this is I just smoked some pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, I actually didn't. I wouldn't even know where to get it. Even though now it is legal here, technically. Oh uh, yeah. So, mm. um, so there are, I would say a couple of big, let's say like a couple of big myths. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. first one is that CBD oil is a, is a health cure all, right? That, that well, CBD yeah. oil, that marijuana, that THC, that any of these kind of things that come from, that come from marijuana legalization can be can only like be good or yeah. right that that they will they will be able to cure all these different things it's a wonder drug it's whatever we've had that before with other things cocaine was at one time thought to be a wonder drug uh, so yeah, was well, opium not, so yeah. was they're you know, still wonder drugs but they're not good for you no i mean they're <laughs> wonder know. drugs in a, in a kind of way they're i wonder guess drugs yeah right so uh, that was kind of one of the big ones that that kept coming up another one was that they are uh, they're not harmful at all no matter how you take them or 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 how you do them or, or at what age you start. That's also mm-hmm. not really borne out by the data. It's kind of either way, but um, that's some stuff that we're going to talk about here a little bit too. Um, another one is that uh, another one really is that it can actually be th- that it has no, that it has no use. That was another one that came up a lot. So there was a lot of this, this debate is very polar polarized, I should say, mm-hmm. where on the one hand, you have folks that say, well, it hasn't been shown to be good for anything. All pot does is turn you into a smelly hippie who, uh, you know, whatever hangs out on the Bottle weekends and doesn't do fish. anything. Right. Yeah. You listen to fish Living I mean, in your mom's basement. Right. Like there is that viewpoint and that's completely not true. But then there's also the other side, which is that it has, it, it, it can't, you can't possibly become addicted to it. Um, and that's, in some ways true, depending on how you define addiction, but you know, uh, you can become addicted to anything, right? It's, it's more about your brain's reward center. Um, you know, if, if you can yeah. become, you know, you can be addicted to sex, you become addicted to food, you become addicted to all kinds of weird stuff. Right. And Pokemon. so it, it doesn't, it will really video games is one too, where mm-hmm. people can legitimately become addicted 
It just depends on how you define it. You can't become chemically dependent on marijuana, right? Which is different right. than heroin or say, yes. um, you know, opium, some opium oxycotton. or anything. Right. Yeah, all that you, stuff. you can't, you won't go into withdrawals because you haven't smoked weed in a week, but you can become dependent on that feeling. And, and you, you will get really grouchy. Well, that's part of it, honestly, right? Sorry. Um, yes. The other one is that we should treat it like, should we should treat it like cigarettes or alcohol. That was actually a really interesting, that was actually a really interesting one that came up in the Harvard podcast, especially where I had never really thought of it that way, but that was a myth that they, they really were, were kind of hitting home hard on. And then the other one, Marie, the other big one, I think, mm, mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. the fact that we can make money off of it is should be a positive argument for it. Oh, I'm not saying it's positive or negative. I'm saying it's inevitable because so let's, people like money. Well, so let's yeah. So let's get into right? let's get let's get into that one first, I guess. Okay. Right. So so cool. for, for listeners that don't necessarily know exactly what we're talking about here. So there is a. There is a large debate in America right now, in particular, and I mean across the world, really, about whether or not marijuana or its constitutive or parts of the marijuana plant, you know, chemicals that you can get compounds from the marijuana plant, such as CBD, such as THC, uh, should become legalized in some way or if they should be kept illegal, right? And so CBD is uh, cannabidiol and uh, or cannabidiol is the real way to say it. And then THC is tetrahydrocannabinol. Mm-hmm. Tetra THC is the compound Neat. in marijuana. It is, it is the part of marijuana that makes you high. It's psychoactive, right? That is the active ingredient that if you smoke marijuana that you bought from, you know, some guy at the corner store, that is what's going to get you high. $14 C- little man. <laughs> exactly. Put money in my hand. Sorry. Uh, CBD is the most well-known of 113 different um, cannabinoids, which have been found in cannabis, which is the, uh, which is, which is marijuana, another name for marijuana. And uh, specifically it is. So in CBD is 40% of marijuana is kind of the extract that you get from marijuana. It is not intoxicating in any way, but it's thought to have, that's the one that's really thought to be useful that one in THC are thought to be the useful ones for different medicinal uses. Mm, right. Yeah. Now the problem in the United States has been for a long time. It still is really that marijuana is scheduled. It, it's a schedule one drug. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, schedule one or drugs. This is from uh, DEA.gov schedule one drugs. Substances or chemicals are defined as drugs with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Some examples of Schedule 1 drugs are heroin, LSD, marijuana, uh, ecstasy, methaqualone, and peyote. Um, two of those things you can find growing. <laughs> now that's a party. <laughs> the, other ones, the other ones you can't. Um, some, of the, some other ones are, so Schedule 2 drugs, substances, or chemicals are defined as drugs with a high potential for abuse, with use potentially leading to severe psychological or physical dependence. These drugs are also considered dangerous. Some example of Schedule Two drugs are um, hydrocodone, so Vicodin, cocaine, yeah. methamphetamine, methadone, uh, Dilaudid, uh, Demerol, OxyContin, Fentanyl, Dexedrine, Adderall, Ritalin, 
And then uh, schedule three drugs are things like Tylenol and codeine or Tylenol mm-hmm. with codeine, ketamine, steroids, testosterone. Um, schedule four drugs are things like Xanax, Soma, uh, Valium. Mm-hmm. You know, so they have a low potential for abuse. But Basically everything that you'd find in your stepmother's medicine cabinet. Pretty much, yeah. And then schedule five are things that are that have a lower potential for abuse, but um, could still have narcotics in them. So anything in those higher levels. So that's stuff like uh, Lomatil and Modafin, uh, Lyrica. You know, it's stuff that you probably have never heard of even. Now, the issue here. Is that mm-hmm. Schedule 1 drugs cannot be tested on. You cannot test them in a lab even. You have to get them from... Uh, so what I mean by testing in a lab is you cannot administer Schedule 1 drugs. It's very, very hard to get approval to run a test that administers Schedule 1 drugs to humans. So yeah. it is... And why Why would you even want to do that in the first place? Well, I mean... Why do you want to test them? You know, uh, LSD for MK Ultra, I guess. Um, well, yes. I'm... Well, yeah, but I, but I know, I know what you're That's saying. The outlier. I know yes. what you're saying though, that it's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to, uh, what's the word? Like normally you would not think about like, well, why the hell would you want to? Right. Well, I'm asking you wouldn't want to, because if you're going to legalize something or if you're going to try and find the medical benefits, you have to be able to really closely understand and regulate the source of what you're doing. Right. In a lot of ways. Say that again. So if you're if you are going into the FDA and you're like, hey, we're going to we want to legalize this. We're going to we are. This is actually now medicinal where this is going to be treating people. You have to be able to show the clinical benefits of it to show the clinical benefits of something. You need to be able to test it on people. Right. And for marijuana, for you to be able to test it on somebody, you actually have to get it from a source that's not that's not legal. Right. You get it from Jay and Silent sure. Bob type sure, sure, characters sure, sure, hanging sure. outside of Circle Okay, K. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. So yeah, that mm-hmm. is that is actually a huge part of the problem. So um so yeah. for instance, uh, this is from an NPR uh this is from an NPR article here uh, called Medical Marijuana's Catch Twenty Two Limits on Research Hinder Patient Relief from Marissa Taylor and Melissa Bailey. Um so that the quote here is quote Only one federal government contractor grows marijuana for federally funded research. Researchers complain the pot grown by a contractor at the University of Mississippi is inadequate Mm -hmm. for high quality studies. The marijuana, which comes in a micronized powder form, is less potent than the pot offered at dispensaries, researchers say. It also Mm -hmm. differs from other products offered at dispensaries, such as so-called edibles that are eaten like snacks. The difference makes it difficult to compare the real life effects of the marijuana compounds, end quote. Now, it is, Can we it just is, stop for a second and and appreciate that argument and what that argument is? Because that's pretty funny. If you're just stepping back and looking at it, that's pretty hysterical. Like, basically, scientists are like, this is bunkweed. I mean, but it's, complete, it's completely true, though, right? Like, if you were studying the effect of... If you were trying to study the effect of the toxicity of acetaminophen on humans or something, you would not give them Tylenol. Right. Like you would you would not give them or rather, let me say this. If you were trying to tell the effects of a specific drug on the populace, you would want it to be administered in the way drug. Well, you would want it administered in the way that people actually use it and in the doses Mm -hmm. they actually use it. Right. Like, you know, dosage matters extremely. So who cares if this. So I I looked into this a little bit more. The marijuana grown at these uh, at this University of Mississippi uh, 
at this this contractor basically uh-huh. it's it's only something like 17 to like 25 percent uh potent uh, like in terms of thc that's some, some weak ass shit well it's actually it's actually far stronger than what was available in the 80s where it was like 17 like 7 to 17 percent was like super high grade stuff right today you can get products that are like 80 percent pure yeah right so Eighty yeah. percent THC, and so that level of uh, that level of potency has with it a drastic difference potentially in the way it makes you act. So this is actually a huge, a huge, huge problem. And so, and it's still kind of funny. It is still kind of funny, but <laughs> yeah. it's a huge issue. It's not only that, but it's so incredibly uninteresting too. It's in a powder form. They're like, here it is. It's in a powder form for your testing. Well, they have to we make would it. recommend that you would only, you know, it's like way to take the fun out of it. I think they specifically <laughs> need, I think they need to make it like as less, as not fun as possible, Marie. But, I know, <clears throat> but that is also, but again, that is counterintuitive to the usage of it. Right? Sure. I mean, if, if somebody is going to be eating gummy bears with marijuana in them, that is what you should be testing it for. 100%. That is the the form factor of how it is being ingested into people has a lot to do with the dosage and how much they're going to take and how it's being marketed and sold, which are concerns of the FDA. Yeah. So I'm just saying like they way to take the fun out of it. Oh, for government. sure. Now, here's here's a huge problem, though. Right. So yeah. so I think I think we can kind of say for sure that it, it. Let's say off the bat. It has been shown medical marijuana has been shown to be useful for the treatment of a number of different things. So specifically, the most evidence is that it's useful for the reduction of chronic pain in light of, say, other options like uh, like, you know, Oxycontin and Oxycodone mm-hmm. and more dangerous opiates. Right. So yes. and also marijuana, there is some evidence to show so far that it can be useful in actually treating opiate addiction by basically almost substituting a, a substituting something bad for you that's addictive with something that's like, you know, still giving you some pain reduction, but is not addictive. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but again, you can still become acclimated or used to the feeling of being high. Right. So, I want to kind of I want to be careful with the distinction between chemical addiction and like mental dependence, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So but you're taking marijuana to your point before is not chemically addictive. No, but it's it's also, though, not it. It it, it just like anything else, you can become used to it and therefore yes. it can start to it's interfere in your life. Forming. Right. Yes. So. So it is, though, used to treat things for which there is no evidence that it's useful yet, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, uh, Crohn's disease, um, mental health conditions like schizophrenia and PTSD in particular are very, uh, are very, very, um, what's the word, I guess, are very, very controversial still. There is no real Mm -hmm. evidence to show that they're actually useful for those conditions, yeah, but, I would question schizophrenia pretty, well, pretty hard. Well, on, honestly, I can say from personal experience that um, I have been told by doctors specifically that marijuana is very, very bad for uh, for anxiety disorders because it it heightens your sense of anxiety once you're once you're normal again. So once the high wears off, you your anxiety level spikes, right? Mm, so yeah. it's kind of like you know if you're going to do it recreationally, 
um, that can be a big problem for you potentially. But again, it kind of, I mean, of course, like with anything, it depends on the person, of course. Right. But, uh, but it, it, the argument is that is there still that it's, there is no real evidence to date to suggest uh, at least not a big body of evidence to suggest that it's actually useful in the treatment of these things. However, it has been shown to be useful for things like uh, chemotherapy side effects in particular. That's been one of its most useful aspects actually is stopping the nausea and vomiting from chemotherapy and also spasticity or tight or stiff muscles um, from multiple sclerosis. So it has, it has a lot of use in different things. Um, so in terms of its research itself, it's, it's interesting and parts of, again, these, uh, cannabinoids have been actually found to be useful for other things. So for instance, there was a, there's a research paper from MIT that suggested that it could be potentially useful in treating, um, treating cancer. There have been research that have shown that it could be potentially useful in the treatment of things like uh, bacterial infections. It can, might be antibacterial or antimicrobial, but again, all of those are just claims. They have not really been vetted or proven to the point that we should be, in my opinion, the things that we should be, I think we should make marijuana legal for people to smoke and enjoy. I think though, that we should be careful about what we're telling people it can cure mm -hmm. them of, right? Agreed. Like it, it yes. there has to be more research and ultimately too, Agreed. before we legalize it for everyone, before we make it super available to say, uh, you know, I don't think anyone wants it to be made available to kids, Right. But that is also an important step, though, in this process of legalization that a lot of people kind of forget about, right, is the effects. Okay, so one of the other big, I think, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's myth necessarily. So one idea, one thing that often comes up in the argument for why mar marijuana should be legalized or why medicinal marijuana should be legalized is that we should treat it like, or it's, it's not as dangerous as cigarettes and alcohol. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. And actually I heard a really, I heard a really interesting one. So uh, in, in looking for this stuff, I found myself on a lot of like Christian websites or evangelical websites and stuff. And really they are pushing, they are pushing so hard. The idea like reefer madness is still a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really fascinating to me. And one of the one of the things I, I found was specifically that uh, was that marijuana is uh, marijuana is as dangerous, if not more dangerous than alcohol or tobacco was their argument. Ooh. And the argument was that the argument basically was that um, because marijuana is psychoactive, if you smoke it or, or if marijuana, the plant itself with THC in it is psychoactive because of that. It is more dangerous than, say, uh, alcohol, which just, you know, is a depressant and in cigarettes, which you get no apparent psychoactive properties from. Right. Yeah. Which is it's kind a of crippling addiction. I was going to say, it's kind of a funny it's kind of a funny argument. It's like, well, all cigarettes do is kill you. So those should yeah. be legal. They just you give know, you like, cancer. It's crazy. But but then actually in in. Not actually that that argument is stupid and ridiculous <laughs> And then though listening and reading some of the more serious considerations of the subject, some of the points that were made, I think, are actually quite interesting and and 
invalid, frankly, which is this, it's the interplay between this idea that we have learned a lot from say cigarettes. Cigarettes are the most, are the most apt analogy, right? Alcohol is kind of an okay analogy. If you think about say, you know, driving a car and being impaired and whatever, right? But even that is kind of fraught with some challenges. It was actually quite interesting. One of the, uh, one of the studies, one of the study authors that was specifically on the Harvard uh, podcast was saying that she actually, uh, in their research, they had found that actually it was more likely for someone who had taken alcohol before driving to become more reckless and drive faster and, and think that they were, you know, basically take more risks. Whereas if you smoked marijuana and then drove, you were more likely to become a danger because you were driving too slowly. <laughs> that like you literally would slow down because you, you basically become a grandma. Cause you're well, all like, well, kind of. So bas basically the argument is that alcohol makes you not realize how impaired you are. It's one uh -huh. of the, one of the kind of side effects. Whereas with marijuana, it makes you are aware how impaired you are. And so you uh, become a danger. Yeah. Basically you start driving like grandma. Right. Well, but in either situation, I mean, it's sort of the extreme. You shouldn't be in a car. No, if you've been drinking. No, hundred percent smoking. hundred percent. Right? Like, but it's almost like, a, I don't want to say a moot argument, but their argument is already invalid because what you're doing is illegal. It's a straw man. It's a stupid yeah. argument. No yeah. one, no one who thinks that I, I don't think, Anyone sensible who thinks that marijuana should be legal thinks you should be allowed to drive after smoking, right? Agreed. Like there's no way uh, you should be allowed to watch. It's always sunny, but <laughs> you should not be allowed to drive. You should be the, watching like 27 seasons of it's always sunny. can't wait. The other, the other interesting thing that they had brought up though, was the idea that it's, it's never harmful to smoke it or that because it isn't addictive or because it isn't because it's good for as a medicine, it is therefore not not harmful to use recreationally at all. That was kind of the way that the argument was mm -hmm. phrased, which was that it's the same argument that people used to make for things like Oxycontin, right? It's medicine. Yeah. A doctor gave it to me. There's no way I could be misusing this thing if I just take a bunch of it, right? So the argument was sort of that there's a couple of interrelated issues. There's the issue of, say, pesticides, which is actually a much bigger question than I realized. Uh, which is because there is no federal regulation on the growing and distribution of marijuana. Some of the pesticides that can be used in certain areas, if it is not controlled can actually be quite deadly for you. If you specifically, if you're smoking it, right? Cause you're, right. you're, you're introducing it to flame. And so then it can actually decompose and become all kinds of bad things for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Another point was that actually some of the same kinds of tricks that the cigarette industry or tobacco industry, I should say, used to market cigarettes to children are already being used to market marijuana to children as well. So things like a street advertisement for marijuana, you know, you're not allowed to have, like you're allowed to have like a tobacco shop, right? But you're not allowed to have, uh, you're not really supposed to have things like, you know, flashy lights and cool colors and be like, hey, come in, you know what I mean? Like it's supposed yeah, to be more muted. cigarettes. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. But... It, but marijuana is marketed to kids. I mean, you can go to a Spencer's and buy, you know, uh, pajama pants with weed things on them. And right. Like that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to argue against that though. Just because you can buy pajamas with weed on, it doesn't necessarily, I mean, isn't that, I, 
I don't know. That's sort of a slippery slope argument, right? Like well, that's it's, saying that that is indicative of future use. No, no, no. Is, I think will, I think what they were saying was that uh-huh. just like we took, you know, just like you couldn't see Fred Flintstone smoking a cigarette anymore. Yes. Right? We should tr- we if we're going to legalize marijuana, we should right. still have public health methods in place to yes. limit children's use of it. And part Agreed. of that, part of that might be uh, making making it less accessible in terms of like a a cool thing. That, you know what I mean? Like demystifying yeah. it in some way. And the, and but, basically, the argument was, I'm I'm with you though that the the cool the best way to get a kid to not want to smoke marijuana, or the best way to get a kid to not want to have a beer is to let them drink a beer, right? And they're going to be like. And they're going to be like apparently market to them. So you'd be like, we are now marketing to you, fun teenager, because they'll be like, yeah, no. I think the thing, too, is like this argument that you're putting forward to me is just more. Almost more fodder for why it should be regulated, that why it should be reg- federally oh, regulated, right? 100 percent. Like when you're talking about um, pesticides, when you're talking about what is the dosage and the usage and how do we test and how do we navigate to understand its medicinal use, or even how do we treat it recreationally, but make sure it's marketed appropriately, then all of that sets up that it should be federally. It should, there should be oversight. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right. Well, that was the fascinating thing, was that you had this argument coming from this pod, this, this one podcast that was from this, this uh, reputable place on public health. And they were saying exactly what you're saying, right? Which was, we should, these things should make us want to regulate it because people aren't going to stop smoking pot. Right. Like they're not going to stop smoking it. So we better regulate it. And now the the states, the states are, are approving it for recreational use. And then genie's out of the bottle at this point. Right. And then, but then you had another pod, another, not another podcast. I keep saying podcast. Cause that's what we're on. Mm-hmm. Another source basically that was saying the opposite, that those facts mean that we should make it illegal because it's totally unsafe. It's, it, I think it's, I think it's very interesting. The, the dichotomy there. Um, the, actually that was one of the problems they were bringing up. Marie was that because it is states that are making it legal, but not the federal government. Now states that have never like, the states currently have nothing at all to do with regulation of pesticides or ensuring right. that products that go to sale at market for ingestion are safe. That's all the FDA and the EPA, right? Or yes. vice versa, or the EPA and the them. FDA. Yes. Yes. Right. And because that infrastructure is not in place at the state level, it was really interesting hearing them say that that was, that's one of their biggest challenges now is, if we're going to let all these, if we're going to let all these people grow marijuana and sell it to distributors at, you know, uh, different places and stuff, 
then Mm -hmm. we now need, basically the states need to create that infrastructure themselves. So it was, it was, I think, very interesting. Uh, And that even sets up, well, that sets up like state versus state issues. So let's pretend as, as for an argument, you have a grove field in one state and they're using a pesticide and they are using a drainage system and irrigation that goes into the water that goes into the next state that is somehow affecting the crops or whatever it is in the next Mm, state. Right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like you're whatever you're doing in one state is not going to hold in one state insofar as what the possible um, side effects. No, I mean, it's from that growth. It's exactly why the EPA was started, right? It was because, you know, you could, you could have a state that had really stringent, regulations and then you could just go dump your toxic waste in you know what i mean wherever right yeah exactly i think exactly i think another another really interesting though myth that is brought up a lot is again that same sense of like well there's so many jobs that could be created there's so many things that could be happening with around this or whatever to me actually that almost misses the point of like we could also make a lot of jobs if we made heroin legal do you know what I mean? Like we, we could, we could, and not again, I'm playing devil's advocate. You know, mm-hmm. um, there is no, there is just no comparison between heroin and marijuana. Right. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, nice jump. But Go for the jump, I know, seriously, Straight but, corner on that you know, one. but you know what I mean? Huh. That we yeah. could, we could make like the idea or the question of, can you make money off of it? Or just because industry wants it to happen, it's a good thing. I think people are using that argument in this case because it's something that they want. But if it was, say, industry wanting to legalize, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Let's take, for example, like GMO crops, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of industry. It's another thing where they're like, you should remove the regulations so we can start doing it, yada, yada, whatever. It's the question is not whether or not you can make money. The question is whether or not it's it's healthy. Is it a good thing? Is it good for the public health, right? So to me, the argument of whether or not it's better for the public health for medical marijuana, at least, to be legalized, I think there's no question. I think that's completely true. I think at the same time, the question of should recreational marijuana be legal with, of course, control and stipulation and whatever, I think that's also kind of been answered already, too, in that, yeah, why the heck not, right? But at the same time... Mm-hmm. there are these other like it is a bigger problem than people realize of just, you know, like legalize it, man. Like it's not that it's not that simple at all. No, I, but I, again, like it's why I would argue for federal oversight, because if you are, let's say you are going to, let's take the opposite argument and say it would be good because it would create jobs, right? It would create all sorts of jobs insofar as growing and, you know, STEM jobs and uh, supply chain jobs and storage and storefronts and alternative usage and all this other stuff. But that doesn't mean that those jobs would, um, you know, again, they, they would, they, you would have to have a certain amount of oversight in that as well, like you would have hypothetically in how you produce alcohol or how you produce uh, firearms, hypothetically, or how you produce um, cigarettes. Right. And that was actually another whole argument that I think 
So the process of making very high potency products, you know, mm -hmm. so things like uh, vaporizing pens and or rather cartridges that go into vape pens and stuff like that, that process is also very, it's not, it's not challenging. Like it's not, it's chemically, it's not challenging really. What is challenging is finding ways to do it that are, that would be approved, let's say by the FDA, if the FDA ever did step in, right? Because I mean, people, so for example, one of the easiest ways to do a, uh, basically like an extraction of a organic compound from another organic compound is liquid, liquid extraction. So, uh, especially with plants and stuff, you, you would say you would, um, you would mash up the plant basically with like a mortar and pestle or something. And then you would use some organic solvent to separate one component from the other components out. Right. And in that way like you could acetate or something like that. You know, right? Kind of right. So mm -hmm. uh, it just so happens that one of the compounds that is used for that in, uh, in the marijuana industry are hexenes and cyclohexenes and things like that, that are really bad for you, especially if you inhale them. Uh, right. And so if there is no federal oversight going on and you're just, you know, you're ingesting basically components of, you know, nail polish, right. And varnish <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's not, it's not great for you. Right. And so great for you. Yeah. The, again, that natural high you were going. For. No, again, it has a, Dig. it has that problem of, well, we want to make it, it again. The, the overall problem I think is like, we keep getting back to if we made it legal federally, we could regulate it better. And there does not really seem to be outside of the same downsides that other things that are already legal have. There does not really seem to be the same amount of downside. And in fact, in some cases more upside in its use for, you know, medicine and other kind of uses and it being taxable, like, yeah, I don't mean to be the, the sheer capitalist, but it's like, yeah, you if you run it through the federal government, if it's federally regulated, it's taxed as such. And you would generate more taxable, you know, I that's what I, I mean, that's that is a lot of money. And I think anyone who's seeing sort of 10 years from now, what 10 years from now within this industry looks like. And sort of the sheer ability of what you of how much money could be made from it, that's already happening. You know, that's already becoming coming to fruition with, with you know, with with the lobbying groups, with think tanks that are putting out data on this, with you know, pharmaceuticals that will that will start advocating for this versus something like an oxycotton, and then take it into um, commercial distribution for recreational use. I mean, there's too much money behind it for it not to happen is how I'm, is how I kind of, not that it's a justification, but there's just, you know, when, when it has that much impetus behind it, there's not a lot of things that turn that off. And if you decide like, okay, we're going to make it illegal, straight illegal again, then it becomes a state versus federal fight. And then even if the federal wins in the states, you know, they have to disband it. It's still, it's not going to go away. No. It, right. So another, I think part of this question kind of, so again, I, so I kind of want to get into the question of 
So we have we have this big we have this big marijuana industry kind of currently we have it kind of on a chain, right? It's being held back from explosive growth, let's say. Big weed. What? Well, what exactly? What stops it from becoming another tobacco industry? Right? What stops it from becoming another NRA? What stops it from becoming another um, nothing? Really? I nothing, mean, right? And so yeah, that nothing. I think is another I th- I think that is another very useful argument or interesting argument, right? So one point that was brought up was that they're now starting to add menthol to marijuana cigarettes in some oh, states, yeah. right? I can imagine, yeah. Which which is a known tactic to make it more palatable, especially to younger users, right? Um, it is, uh, they're starting to package it in ways that make it look appetizing, right? To make it look cool. Minty, the, 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 fresh weed. It's use, I mean, the it's use in, it's use in edibles makes it extremely available to kids, yeah. right? Oh, um, yeah. You know, thankfully, yeah. tobacco Candy. tastes like total things. crap, right? Yeah. But, you know, it's, it is, I think, again, one of those areas where, you know, it's use in, say, dispensaries or maybe not dispensaries, almost like bars, right? A marijuana bar, weed bar, whatever. Mm-hmm. That might be a more viable option for a place where you can get edibles than, say, being able to buy them and then bring them home. Like, you should be able to make them at home. That's fine, whatever, right? But I think it it comes down to a question of, or I think for a lot of people, what the question is or what the issue is, ultimately, is that it can get into the hands of children and oh, yeah. and for kids especially, so that was one other point I think that a big myth that is out there is that it's not dangerous at any age, right? That babies should be, you know, babies can be around secondhand smoke and, and whatever. It's not going to do anything. You're still, first off, you're still smoking something. Right? You're still burning mm-hmm. something and getting uh, particulate ash into your lungs. That's not good for you, right? Like it doesn't. Mm, particulate you're not, ash. You're, you're make you're it not, sound so good. You're, you're maybe not. Hickory. I mean, you're, it's it's not necessarily as bad, say, as cigarettes yet. But if the marijuana industry comes to fruition, I think it's a very good a good bet to think that what they're going to try to do is innovate to make their strains or their cigarettes or whatever uh, last longer. Right, the same kind of stuff that the cause the cigarette industry or the tobacco industry rather to start adding carcinogens to tobacco products. Right, like all of that same stuff could happen. And so I think a really interesting and smart approach would be use those lessons we've learned from tobacco because just because just because weed isn't dangerous now because you can grow it in your backyard and make your own stuff doesn't mean it won't be dangerous in 10 years when, you know, a big ass company has decided to get in on the game and is, you know, selling weed cigarettes with, I don't know, Joe Josie Camel on the thing, right? Like, it, well, God love you for first of all thinking that we're going to learn from our mistakes. I know, <laughs> I know. But Never ever with ever. Something with with like tobacco. God love you for that. I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think that they have to look at practical ways that they can put regulation in effect that will that will um, that will at least gives on the very first pass transparency to the consumer, right? hundred percent. So if, if it is a, if it's a consumable item and you can eat it, there should be very closely, you know, 
regulated amounts in that consumable that that is that is known to the public. So all of this stuff should be very transparent to the public on the first pass because I just feel like we're not we are not a species that's really big on or very motivated to learn from epic failures no quickly right the thing is too like the history we're still still rounding out like you know the dinosaurs and sort of the mass extinction event we're like oh okay that's starting to make sense all right but like (laughs) tobacco come on man that's way too soon way too soon but it's like i think if you can almost as the consumer like consumer watchdogs should be really up on this and really much more um advocates for what's going to happen next and lobbying for and lobbying groups because that's where the money's at right it's like they're in lobbyists there's people out there that are going to start to again recognize this as revenue as a way to make money and are going to start to put money against making that money on uh in in the courts and in the and in congress and you know in the senate and things along that so that's where i would think you would have to start to pay more attention to. Yeah. And, and the pro I think, so I think another interesting analogy to this would be like the regulation of food and dr- food and drugs mm-hmm. before we had an FDA. Right. I mean, people are not particularly good at picking what goes into their bodies. Right. Especially if you're in a situation where you're, I don't know if course co- isn't really the right word, but you know, if you're living on a very fixed income, you might buy that meat that looks like it's been spray painted pink, right? Because, you know, it's all I they got it. down at the butcher, right? I mean, really, yeah. it is uh, it is definitely, I think, still an issue and a concern. And so, you know, again, with this kind of thing, I think it's really important that we do it in a way. I mean, honestly, I think uh, the first step in legalization is overturning convictions for drug related offenses, Right. I mean, that seems like a crazy thing that we're going to make it, you know, some guy who's some guy who's gone to jail, who went to jail for having some weed on him, you know, a third time 20 years ago is going to get out and get to get turned down at a weed cafe because he's got a conviction on his record. You know what I mean? Like, that's ridiculous. Yes. There's a certain amount of sickening irony around that. Absolutely. And at the same time, though, I think that it is there are so many myths to marijuana where we have dispelled a lot in our society of the myths of like the reefer madness and stuff, right? Those are Mm -hmm. basically gone, but we're now starting to create. And that's what really has me worried. Honestly, Mm -hmm. is that we're starting to create the opposite ones, just like we had for tobacco where come on, it's fine for you. You know, it's, it doesn't, it's nothing wrong with this. Right. And in the case of, you know, in the case of weed, like there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that it doesn't do any harm if used recreationally and, you know, responsibly and whatever. But honestly, in terms of its study of the of the negative health effects you can have on someone like it's just not out there, man. I mean, we no. have we have no idea if weed if smoking. The marijuana effects, for yeah. 30 years right. has the same rate of the increased incidence rate of lung cancer. As smoking anything else. No. Right. Aside from like, yeah, aside from like looking at Willie Nelson, you know what I mean? Like there's no way of knowing, you know, Cheech and Chong and Willie Nelson aren't enough of a sample size. We need more people. They're sample size. They're the control group. 
You know, and the other oh, thing. Oh, that would be such a good band. You could get all such of Such a great like, band. You could, you could get like Keith Richard, Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, and just call them Control Group. We, yeah, we could call them the Control Group. That's hilarious. You know, and. <gasps> oh, that's some good shit. The other. So there's one other, I think, big myth that we. So this myth is almost too mm-hmm. silly, I think, to even talk about really. Well, not too Sweet. silly to talk about. Uh-huh. Another. You know, it, 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 be really funny if we were high but keep going it would be really funny if we were high the big the big myth that comes up all it's now again the same thing this happens with every single somewhat somewhat chemically sounding thing that some idiot on the internet can mix up into a shake or a powder or a oil for themselves mm. or something is the use of cbd oil in all kinds of homeopathic medicine now again there is there is there is no evidence that so a recap for listeners (laughs) cbd is the non-psychoactive part of marijuana or one of the non-psychoactive parts of marijuana it can be found in chemtrails (laughs) damn it marie (laughs) it it has but it is even less well it is even less studied than marijuana than thc containing marijuana it is even less studied. So when I say that, you know, there's very little evidence to support the idea that marijuana is good or bad either way, there's more to support that it's good for medicinal uses than that it's bad for you. But still, the evidence is not super duper uh, strong or, or the field is not super huge yet. There is even less evidence to say that CBD oil does anything for you. There's just no, there's just nothing, right? There are some mm-hmm. anecdotal tests. There are some tests to suggest that it is the CBD in the marijuana plant that has some of these medicinal effects. But in terms of it fixing you of your toxins or your gelins or your uh, chemtrails or your exploding head syndrome or anything Mm -hmm. else, your headaches, your nausea, your whatever, all that other stuff, whatever. That is all anecdotal at this point. There's just no evidence for it. And really, I think one of the worst things for the legalization effort is going to be if homeopaths and stuff start to jump on this thing. Cause they have been so wrong about so many other things in the past that it just, it just, it's like, you know, it's like, if you find out that, you know, you, you have the same position as the Nazi party on something, right? Like, it's like, damn it. You're like, crap. We're now we can't support it anymore. Right? Like so the same. I would it, I mean, love, I would love to have an episode or somebody come in and tell us what the homeopaths have been right on, right? Because that's what I'm sort of curious about. Because I think we do a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of positioning on a homeopaths that you know is counter. I mean, a lot. I think is justified because I, I think a lot of the times that we brought up homeo- homeopathic medicine has there has not been the clinical study or the background that has that has said yes, it's effective. I, my curiosity is like. When is it effective? Is I mean, it effective? I think the arguments that would be made are that it was homeopathic medicine was the starting of pharma of, of pharmaceuticals. Of, yes, of, but now, of, right? Like, well, that's I the don't thing, though. Bark anymore when I want to take an aspirin. I take an aspirin, right? So it's I like, think, but again, I think that all of yeah. their all of their proofs are going to be times where science has proven uh, homeopathic pharmacology correct. But and then, then at I that point, the, I take the actual 
pharmaceutical. Well, that's what I'm that's saying. Right? That's what yeah. I'm saying, though, is that yeah. at that point, though, it stops being homeopathic medicine by definition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you could, you could, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like, there like are. I'm saying, chew the bark instead of take the aspirin. Right? Well, there's, but there's, like, for instance, yeah. there is the, the, the leaf of the cocoa plant that uh, basically contains cocaine in it that is chewed in, I think, Peru, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong on that. It's chewed, though, in, in the country where it comes from. And it may be Colombia, too. But it's basically. You still it's, shouldn't drive. <laughs> well, but no, but basically it's chewed and it's like it's almost used like a chewing gum, kind of like a chewing leaf. And it basically like it can cure headaches and stuff and toothaches. But it's because it is it is a it is a pain reliever, right? Like the active chemical in that plant is a pain reliever. Right. Um, you know, it's not. But the, I, but I doubt very much like they're never going to be able to point to a case where, you know, um, I don't know. It did something that science couldn't measure. Right. That, like that's that the problem. An interesting challenge for this little podcast we're on is to like actually bring on somebody who is a homeopath. I think it'd be very interesting. I mean, I I have uh, I know people. Some of my best friends are homeopaths. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know I know people who do who uh, do I practice. Mm-hmm. I know people who do practice homeopathic mm-hmm. medicine on my themselves. Mom. Ooh, we could have my mom on. Ooh, that Dude, would be my mom. My mom too, would... honestly. In some cases, oh, right? We I mean, could have the moms. That would be quite the oh. show. That would be the last show. That would be going out on the high notes. <laughs> the moms. The moms. Anyways, dear listeners, <laughs> that is it for this episode on marijuana myths part two. We, I think, I think we covered it all, right? We yeah, feel man. like we covered it all, Marie. I think we cashed it. We cashed it. Our next episode is going to be on. So we actually have a bonus episode coming out soon, uh, which I think you're going to really enjoy, which will be a lot of fun. And then we are going to do our next series Plug on it, sexism, on sexism in science. <laughs> Plug it, fat boy. Plug our next it, episode will be on Sorry. sexism in science and especially in academic science. Uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, some a case here in Minnesota, uh, at the University of Minnesota, that we actually had the good fortune to be able to uh, interview the reporter who broke that story, which is going to be really cool. And wow. and then after that, after after sexism and science, Marie, we got economic collapse. Oh, sh- coming just up another just another little light topic. Another light Jeez. topic. Jeez it's going to be great, please, man. I- if you haven't yet, like the show on iTunes, review us, subscribe, please. It's great. Every little bit helps us so much. Uh, join the Facebook group, which is oh, yeah. becoming a lot of fun. Actually, Des today posted a really good topic, which was what episode do you want to see in the future? And we got some really good suggestions mm-hmm. on there. Very, very Chem excited trails. about that. Chemtrails Chem Part 2. Chemtrails Part 2 with Marie. And, uh, and of course, uh, any questions or comments, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I am at MadScientistPod. Marie is at Team Giant Squid, and our email is the Mad Scientist Podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, go listen to Marie's podcast, whatever remains. It's amazing. It's super Ooh, good. And we should have episode two, Elimination by Illumination, coming out within within a few days. Damn, Knock that's a good wood. title. Yeah. Fascinating. Yes. It's gonna be All fun. right, Marie. All right, sir. I uh so I am going to go uh I'm gonna go snort some cinnamon. <laughs> good times teasing thank you very much dear listeners thank you again dear listeners for listening to the mad scientist podcast i have been your host chris cogswell joined by my co-host marie mayhew if you'd like to contact the show 
please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at madscientistpod or at teamgiantsquid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.